Hello, everyone. I wanted to start by saying what I have coming up so that you can put it on your calendar and possibly join if you're in any of the areas that I'm going to be in. So the first thing I have is the Palomine, which is P-A-L slash O slash M-I-N-E, Mindful Archery Workshop. That is February 12th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. That's for you and your pals. I also have Galentine's Day Mindful Archery. There are two choices, both happening on February 13th. One is from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. and the other is 2 to 4. That's for you and all your female identifying friends to get together in honor of Leslie Nope and female friendships. That's February 13th. Also February 14th and 15th, I have Valentine's Mindful Archery Workshops. And those are the 14th, 2 to 4, and the 15th from 12 to 2. If you want to join any of those, those are all in the Portland area. And you can book those through my website at angiefatal.com. Also, I will be coming to Tumball, Texas again for my second annual meditative archery workshops where I will bring the mindful, the meditative, the teen, the family-friendly archery, and also the meditative labyrinth workshops. I also do corporate, bachelor and bachelorette parties, anything you want. I've left room in that schedule, which is March 27th through the 31st. I will be in Texas. There's room in there for you to book a private workshop with me if you so desire. Also, I will be coming to Charlottesville, Virginia, April 30th to whatever that weekend is, um, to do the same thing as I am doing in Tumball, Texas. But in Charlottesville, this will be my first time. So if you are interested I would love for you to join one of those workshops. You can find um, the Facebook event on Angie Fatal Soul Care on Facebook. You can find everything on my Angie Fatal Soul Care Instagram, or you can go straight to my website at angiefatal.com and see what I have going on on my events. Also, without further ado... <laughs> Nobody says that anymore. I want to give a, give a shout out to my friend Kelly. She is the only one that responded to my Instagram question. And my Instagram question was, what would you like to see or talk about her? Be, I can't even speak. What would you like me to talk about in this podcast? And she wrote, she wants to talk about fear of failure. And she wants to talk about imposter syndrome. And she is not alone. And I heard what she said, and so I'm responding right now that I will be covering those topics because she's not the only one that has shown interest in that. And I also am interested in talking about fear of failure and imposter syndrome because I think it is very common, especially for women. I do want to say that putting your calendars for the month of February, I will be ending, well... I will be ending season one of this podcast next week. 
I will be taking the month of February off to interview all of my exciting new guests um, and kind of seeing what I want to revamp and what I want to talk about, doing some interviews, getting all that stuff squared away. So for the month of February, please feel free to go back and listen to podcasts that you've missed, catch up, and then I will be back again in March full throttle. Thank you for listening. Welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. Oh, so what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about loving kindness and what is loving kindness and what isn't loving kindness and what it even means. I can only talk from my own perspective, which I think I've hinted in the last few episodes, what that perspective might be. But I have been noticing something in myself that has been there the whole time, but I think maybe because I'm perimenopausal or menopausal, it's coming up, it's bubbling to the surface. And what that is, is probably just another layer of the onion that I'm peeling back of my life but another level of lack of love and compassion and empathy for myself. And why that's important is if I do not have love and empathy and compassion for myself, it is very difficult for me to have love and compassion and empathy for other people. And I want to unpack that a little bit because I think over the course of my life as a two on the Enneagram, which is a helper, which is somebody that really, for lack of a better way to say this, gets their jollies from helping people. That is not without its price, but in my true self, when I am engaging in who I really am, I do get a lot of joy and satisfaction from being able to provide space and time and a container that can hold other people and other people's needs and other people's voices and have that be safe. When, when I think about myself, and you'll have to like step back and think about maybe who you are in a situation of compassion and empathy um, and loving kindness. If 
I'm not truly loving myself. Why can't I give love to other people? And I would hazard a guess that it doesn't mean we're incapable of giving love to someone else, giving compassion to someone else, giving empathy to someone else, providing that space. But I think if I think about myself, I think possibly it lacks, let me rephrase that. I think my motivations maybe aren't the purest. So what I want is to be able to truly love you and provide empathy and compassion for you. But if I can't do that for myself, then the motivation that I have to provide that for you possibly is skewed in a way that is my own PR, my own, my getting my own needs met. And I don't think everything is pure and everything is so black and white. But if I am coming from a place of true love for myself, then my motivations seem to shift and change to be something that is more freely given to you without any kind of payback needed for me. So it's just different. I guess maybe a better way to put it would be to say that it's not transactional. It's not as, maybe it's not as transactional. So if I I'm in a place where my with myself that I'm giving myself love, I'm giving myself empathy, I'm compassionate with myself when I make mistakes. I'm able to hold that space for myself and forgive myself, own what I've done and move through all the things that I need to move through internally. I can just love you as you with less judgment and less less expectation for you to give me something in return. Now I know that we're human and when we interact with each other, there is always maybe an element of us needing something in return and I don't think that's bad. I just think there is something that I wanna work on that is more reflective So one of the things that I realized, I do a morning meditation and the best meditation practice for me over the last 10 years has been silence and solitude. And how I do that is first thing in the morning, I get on my app, Insight Timer, the free one. And I have set my bells so that I don't have to look at my clock or my watch or anything that I can just trust that when the last bell chimes, that's how I know that I'm done. And all it is, is I think I have some water, you know, it gives you choice of sound and I have some water playing it, but it's, it's just me alone with myself, not really thinking. 
trying to just be in a space where I'm not asking for anything. I'm not thinking about anything specifically. I'm just trying to let myself be in that moment. Kind of, maybe I would describe it as need-free. N-E-E-D-F-R-E-E. Need-free. That that doesn't mean I don't have needs, I don't have wants, I don't have desires, but in that space of silence and solitude, it's a liminal space where I'm not declaring my needs, my wants. I'm just alone with myself and my creator or higher power. And that is valuable to be in a space that I'm not asking for anything I'm just being alone with me. So over time, that has been the practice that I return to more than any other practice. I I do, you know, occasionally listen to um, a lead meditation and I find great value in that. But over the course of my meditation history, silence and solitude is the one that I gravitate towards. Now that said, something has shifted in me and it's, this has happened before, but because I've been noticing an increased anxiety, an increased, an increased critical nature towards myself, I talked about this with my New Year's intention to kind of release my grip, kind of let my failures or what I assume are failures or standards or expectations go. And so that coupled with this thinking about, you know, the criticalness, the letting things go, I had a realization this week that I'm going to do some shifting with my meditation practice. And there is a meditative practice of loving kindness that I've done periodically. And... I really like it. It's very simple and it's very guilt-free, which I also enjoy. And so I made a decision that I am going to do a lead loving-kindness meditation every morning for a month. You might be asking why. Well, as much as I can not just for other people, not just for me to be able to be present with other people. I want to be present with myself. I want to know that I, that these things, these hateful thoughts towards myself or rage, fears, control, I'm going to have those forever. So I'm not trying to rid myself of those things because I think also they're prompts for me to pay attention. But those things also, left unchecked, become distractions. And I get so self-consumed that then I can't see the people that I love. I can't engage in a way that is present and aware with the people that, you know, I meet with on a regular basis, 
with Todd, with Brennan, with Zion, with my friends, because I'm so consumed by my own self-hatred that it becomes a distraction. And I've been noticing that it's become more of a distraction, that clinching, that anxiety. And, you know, the other day I was on a run and it was, you know, a good run. And all of a sudden I could feel that tension. And so I just opened my hand. Nobody, nobody knew I was doing it. It looked like I was stretching my hand out. And inside I just said, okay, I'm letting it go. I'm releasing it. I, that performance, that failure, that thing that keeps, you know, that's the monkey on my back multiple monkeys I'm I'm just I'm letting it go it's it's an actual hand movement where I'm saying okay I'm letting you go for right now while I'm present while I realize this is a problem I'm breathing and I'm letting it go and then you know the next week I was on a run this week um And I noticed it again. It's funny, I just realized it was probably about in the same place on the run that I noticed it again. Hmm, I'm going to have to pay attention to that. Anyway, and I did it again. Nobody knew I was doing it. I acknowledged that anxiety. I acknowledged that performance. I acknowledged that fear of failing. That thing that I've talked about before, this unattainable standard this this unattainable expectation that comes from nowhere but inside of myself that I'm just going to let it go. And so I opened both my hands at different times while I was jogging and just practiced letting it go. So these are all little things. I've got my morning meditation of loving kindness. I've got the practice of when I notice what I'm doing to unclench my hand, to literally open my physical hand and then inside myself I'm saying I'm letting it go I'm releasing control whatever and then I've started doing something before I go to bed that's new to me and it's a mindful practice that I've created for myself I put a hand on my heart where my blood flows and pumps and then I put a hand on my belly kind of representing the whole of who I am and I speak to myself. I, I say to my body that we don't have to hold on to pain, that we don't have to hold on to fear, that we can let go, and that we can be part of the process of change. And sometimes I do that for 10 minutes. Sometimes I fall asleep doing it. Sometimes I do it for only a minute. But they're little ways that while I'm talking to you, I realize now I'm conscious of adding things. Like the loving kindness decision was intentional. I decided that for a month, I wanted to see what that practice would do to me and for me, deciding very consciously to do something every day. But, you know, these other things, the the releasing of my hand and releasing control, that was my New Year's intention. 
And then that was going to be something that I just pay attention to when I notice it and try to build that noticing capability more and more and more. But the nighttime thing, I just started. I was really having trouble sleeping and kind of relaxing. There's a lot going on. And so I just created it for myself. But I'm realizing that I'm kind of creating all these little ways of paying attention that then are about me being present in my body, me being present in my mind, and me being present in my soul and my spirit. I want to walk through the world as much as I can combining who I am. So if we are dualistic, we have, you know, our possibly our spiritual life is something that happens when we go to a meeting or when we go to church or when we go to a mosque or synagogue or whatever we're doing, and then we have the rest of our lives. But we have all of our lives and all of ourselves, and all of that needs to come together as much as we can to be aware of how we walk through the world, how we're in relationship with ourselves, and how we're in relationship with our with others. And so I'm just building touchstones for myself, I guess, so that I can in this layer that I'm that I'm looking at, I've done this work for over 20 years. But it's just another layer and I could look at that layer and go, "Fuck, I'm still at this place. I'm still here. I haven't advanced. I haven't moved forward. I'm still the same self-hating person I was in high school." But that isn't true. I have so much love for myself. And that love looks like me taking the next step of courage to go deeper. And we all get to a place where we can go, no, I don't want to. I'm fine where I am. Or we can go, you know, I think that I can do this work. I think that I can take on another layer. And so there is a moment always with me where I'm like, oh, I'm not here again. I'm here again. Why am I? Why? Why am I here again? And then I can, using Michelle Obama's words, I can pivot and I can go, I'm here. It is not in the same place. It is in a similar place because there is time for deeper work. That said, I would also say to you that you are in control and you can say to yourself whether you're ready to do that work or not. So if you are a person that comes from a lot of trauma and you've been in therapy and you've been doing really hard work that is exhausting and it's life altering, it's shifting the the whole fabric of how your life has been you may not want to then take on another super difficult thing that you can say inside yourself, I see that I still have this work to do. I am doing all this other work. So I'm saying to my inside self, self, I see this. 
I want to do this work. I don't want to do this work right now. So I'm putting this pin in the work and saying, I will return to it when things have calmed down a bit and I've been able to rest from all this other emotional work that I've been doing. That is fair. And that is also care for yourself. It is not healthy to necessarily take on everything at once. We can say to ourselves and we can trust ourselves that we will return to the work when we need to. I am at a place where I am ready because it's kind of boiled up to the surface where it is time to do the next phase of the deeper work. And how I know to do that is to use the tools I have and where I can add the tools I need. So, you know, in a couple of years, I might go, oh, whoa, there was a whole you know, box of tools that I missed. Why didn't I use those tools? Well, I can only use the tools that I have when I have them. And I can only get the tools that I maybe have access to. And what I mean by that is maybe you stumble across a book and that book has a tool that hadn't occurred to you or you weren't aware that it could work for this situation. So I am using the tools that I know how to use and I'm adding new tools that I've either heard about or want to try. And that's what I can do. I don't need to to invent something new. So for the month of, you know, the the last two weeks of January and the first two weeks of February... And I may decide to do this longer. I am going to be working every single day on loving kindness towards myself. I'm not suggesting that you do that. But is there something that has been scratching at your door saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, that you could go, okay, I don't really know how to fix this or how to look at you, but I'm open to at least toying with the idea of fill in the blank looking at you and that's all we can do we can only do what we sort of know how to do or we at least have enough confidence to step out on the ledge and take that leap so that's what I'm going to do and when I come back at the end of the February break I really hope that I have some good news to talk to you about, some ways that I've been able to integrate loving kindness, some ways I've seen it change. I did I did see something that that reminded me. I was on my way to meet my friend this morning and I was listening to NPR and I started getting angry and I kept listening. And then I was like, no, shut it off. And I was just kind of practicing being present and sitting in the silence in my car. And there was a truck in front of me and there was a guy walking across the street, very agitated. And he was walking right into the middle of the line of traffic that I was in. 
and the truck went through right in front of him and he got even more agitated and angry and and I let him pass and I went through the intersection and I was like da 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 and then all of a sudden I was like say the loving kindness to him say it to him he didn't you know I wasn't didn't roll down my window and start screaming at him but I just said it because I can extend that to him I can extend to anybody. I can extend it to somebody I love and it's easy to love. I can extend it to animals. I can extend it to the universe. That might sound weird to you, but it is an action. I'm actively saying, give this man everything I want for myself. Give him love, give him health, give him safety. And I said it. And then I thought I was done and I wasn't and I said it probably five more times and all of a sudden I moved through that and I went on with my day and that's what I want. I want to be present. I don't want to walk through my life like so open and aware that everything is bombarding me but I do want to walk through my life being able and open to the idea of being a conduit of love. So that when God, the universe, says, extend loving kindness to that person, that I will be open to do it. And that is important to me. The next thing I want to do is I want to take you through a short meditation on loving kindness. So stay tuned. It's coming up. We are going to practice a loving kindness meditation. If you could get into a position that feels comfortable for you, either sitting or lying down, find that position now. Once you are in that position, I want you to find a rhythm in your breath. (sighs) Breathing in and out. Just, it doesn't have to be too deep. There's not necessarily a right way. Just breathe in and out. Relaxing into your body. In and out. As you breathe in and out, I want you to find words that work for you. I am in my body. I am of my body. I am with my body. I deserve love. I deserve kindness 
I deserve compassion. I am in my body. I am of my body. I am with my body. I deserve love. I deserve kindness. I deserve compassion. You can say the words that I'm saying, or you can put your own words that feel better to you in place of those words. Extend that love to yourself with each phrase. I am in my body. I am of my body. I am with my body. I deserve love. I deserve kindness. I deserve compassion. I am in my body. I am of my body. I am with my body. I deserve love. I deserve kindness. I deserve compassion. Now I want you to think about the world around you. Think about the people that you love, animals, plants, the earth. And I want you, as you say these words, to think about our world and extend that loving kindness to our world. You are worth love. You are worth kindness. You are worth compassion. You are worth love. You are worth kindness. You are worth compassion. You are worth love. You are worth kindness. You are worth compassion. Think about the world. Think about your neighborhood. Think about the trees and the birds, the rain and the wind and the sun. And as you think about those things, say the words, you are worth love, you are worth kindness, you are worth compassion, you deserve love. You deserve kindness. You deserve compassion. And if your mind starts to wander, that's okay. When you catch it, just bring it back. You deserve love. You deserve kindness. You deserve compassion. And just as the world does, so do you. You deserve love, you deserve kindness, you deserve compassion. You are worth love, 
You are worth kindness. You are worth compassion. And as you go through your day and you encounter someone, allow those words to come back to your mind and say it like a mantra to yourself, like a mantra to the world. You deserve love. You deserve kindness. You deserve compassion. Just just try to build that into your routine of engaging in the world and being present in the world. You deserve love. You deserve kindness. You deserve compassion. Because you do. Thank you. Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. I'll talk to you next week.